This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the to Euros and Back podcast. It's me, Will, and I'm joined, of course, as always, by Ants. Yes, not hosting this time. Will's got hosting reins for the Euro episodes. You lucky bugger. <laughs> it's a poor with me hosting now for a few episodes, everyone. But it's the European Championships. Been waiting a year for them now. Finally got the family arrived. We have. I, I, to be fair, I love international football. I, I, I do. I, I, even, it, I don't know, since, since like... I don't want to say just because of last last World Cup, but I just really look forward to England games now. Do you know, like when you used to have like a friendly or a tournament was coming up and you just knew exactly what was going to happen. It got tedious, man. I want to enjoy England internationals and I do at the moment and I love it. Oh, I love I love international football. I know a lot of people aren't big on it, but when it comes to a tournament, it's so fucking great. Well, it's just like the whole unification of the country and, you know, everyone's behind the same banner and stuff and, um, the whole country gets involved. Like there's England flags all over shops and workplaces, and everyone's got their England shirts on, and we're all wanting the same team to win, which is, you know, we're, something we don't get in in club football. So, exactly, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a good little uh, bonding thing because you can go into the pub with anyone and and then happily talk about football instead of you know rivalry kind of thing. Yeah, everyone's on the same page, which is a nice change every now and then. And like I say, it's been we're a year out from when it should have happened. So it's nice to finally get back to it. Yeah, Euro 2020 and 2021. I don't know why they didn't just call it 2021. But... They just don't want to admit that it's not 2020. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> it's shit as that year was. Anyway, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through each group. So I'll do a quick glance over each group and then we'll obviously we'll get on to England in more focus. And then we'll both do a few predictions across the tournament as a whole. Jury just toe-ended him, passed him, then came the contact, and I do think in the end it was a correct decision, but it didn't produce the goal. Here's Gascoigne. Oh, brilliant! Oh, yes! Oh, yes! What a wonderful goal by Gascoigne. Right, so obviously we'll start with Group A, um, obviously kicking off tonight with Italy versus Turkey. Obviously it's Italy, Turkey, Wales and Switzerland in there. Um, what are your thoughts on this group then, Ant? It's quite an even one. Like you, I think you'd expect Italy to win it. Um, I think they yeah. are going to be quite underrated in this tournament, Italy. Um, yeah, when we get on to our predictions later, um, I'm going to be bringing up Italy a bit. Yeah, but I think it's one of them groups that, in terms of ability, like there isn't a whipping boy in there. And 
there is yeah. a, a shout probably for most of well any of the teams in that group that that could probably pull off a shock and either come in first or second because you know if Italy are on the game for two of them games and then you know they're going to be struggling so well as, as yeah we it's, it's a well, good group as we know as yeah. well some of the third place teams go through as well so you know they've they've could be a bit they've, they've got to be yeah but you're fighting for that favourable draw in the the oh, knockouts aren't you so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, but there'll be an interesting group to keep an eye on because, like I say, it's a, I think it's one that you probably wouldn't want to be putting money on anybody in that group. don't know yeah, if you agree. Maybe, maybe at least Italy. I mean, Mancini's really tendentiously around considering where they were two, three years ago. Obviously, didn't qualify for the World Cup, but since then, they've been superb. The one most informed teams in national football. And for me, are, right, are one of the favourites. Um, Turkey are another side who've improved massively in recent times. Or a, Yilmaz, a, lot, a lot of people are tipping them as dark horses. Like you yeah, Yilmaz, Yilmaz has been banging in goals yeah, this season. Helping Lille get through um, and winning league on ahead of PSG. He'll have definitely a bit to say for them. And like I said, Italy's talent, you did have to list most of these. They have got a superb team. Wales and Switzerland are, I think, I think Wales and Switzerland are just slightly below them. But they are they both have plenty of talent in their side. So you've two of Wales, you've got I know he's not where he was. The thing with the Wales side is I don't think it's as good as it was in 2016. No. And um, but they've still got those players who can really mess with other teams. Um, yeah, and I think I think they try and turn it on at tournaments, don't they, Wales? Because you know the yeah. they're 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 having a good few years. Um they've probably got one of the best sides they've had in a long time. I know it's probably not as good as like we say, you know, the 2016 Euros and Bale at the peak of his his powers, but they are a side that seem to be a unit. Like you yeah, know, they're, they're they're more of a team than individuals. Yeah, they're not individuals like some of the bigger countries. Um, they, they they do work for each other and they work hard. So you know, maybe that makes up for the shortfall in maybe what you would consider. I would probably say Wales were the weakest on paper in that group, but you know, the teamwork I think and the the ethic that they can sort of really turn it on if they want to and, and get the fans behind them. Probably goes into their favour. Yeah, absolutely. And the Switzerland side's always been a decent, a relatively decent side. Um, they've got plenty of decent like players in themselves, like Shakiri. And I know people rag on Granny Jacker, but he's a decent player. Um, they've got players, obviously, like Seferovic at Benfica, he's a good player. Embolo, the lad back. They've got decent. Uh, they've got decent players going forward. And I don't think like anyone will uh, question them. Obviously, if they have a good tournament. No, yeah, I think Switzerland. Uh, they're, they're the kind of sides that people sort of ignore. I think Switzerland. I don't. I, not yeah. in like a. Not in like oh they're crap, but because it's Switzerland, people don't really tend to pay much they're attention of, to them. Yeah, they're one of those sides that are. They're not considered like a whipping boy, but they're not considered at the top. They're sort of in the middle, no. like reputation wise. Yeah, they're just like consistently. They'll, they'll. Get, you know, you're going to get a good game from yeah. them, but and you like, expect to beat them when you play them. Exactly, and obviously they've had a decent time in recent years. Obviously, they got to the finals of the Nations League with England. Yeah, only a couple of years ago, so they have had a decent time of it in recent years. So, yeah, I agree. That group is one of the tougher ones to call for certain. I do think Italy will go through as top, but no idea. In theory, I'd think it's Italy and Turkey, but. Um, it could be any of the other three, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, if you're going on paper, you would pick Italy and Turkey, wouldn't you? I mean, you mm. know, if you're a bookies, you're putting them down as the favourites. You'd probably have um, Italy, Turkey, Switzerland and Wales, I would imagine. Um, 
But yeah. like we say, it's, it's you know, it's, it's an international tournament. It's one of them that, you know, it, it, was it Holland who didn't even win a single... They haven't won a, a, a Euro game since... Was it the last? It'll be Euro 2008. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That you, you get a team, you can have tournaments like that where just nothing clicks. And the thing is with Italy is like, I look at them and I think, yeah, they're a pretty decent side and Mancini's done well, but I have also a feeling that it could go the other way with them. Like they no, could do it. Could. It's just that, that in terms of form and on paper, they are definitely rightly being considered up there. And um, like you say, they were at the last, the last World Cup for a reason. Header through, Phil Fort. Did ever so well, Phil Fort. It's in! It's there! It's two! And Jim Bilford has sent the Danes into ecstasy. Right then, Group B. Now, this one's a this one is similarly is quite a, a tricky one to predict, I personally think. Um, it's Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. Mm. Yeah, no, I can I, I can get where you're coming from. I mean, you, you're obviously gonna say Russia and Belgium for me, obviously. I, I don't know on that one. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think Belgium are of the obvious for many people, the obvious favourites with their golden generation. But at the same time, that's a team that is approaching the end of that period and they've still had nothing to show for it when they really should have done something more than they have. Yeah, but that's just similar to ours of like the mid nineties, isn't I it? I think that team's better than our golden generation was, to be honest. I mean, the thing is, I have Belgium. Well, to be fair, I always get tempted to say that Belgium are going to win the tournament and they always They're end up doing crap. They're one of those crap. nearly teams. Yeah, they, I, I, I think that they've got... It's, yeah, it's mad because you look at the play, you know, Hazard, De Bruyne, Lukaku's been on fire. Um, they've, they've got such a good team and it's amazing that that they haven't won anything with it yet. Um, yeah. you would, you'd imagine that this will be the one that they're highlighting now is thinking, right, this this has to be it. Because For a lot of that team, they're, they're in their 30s now, particularly the defence. Yeah. The defence is a bit of a weakness because there are actually quite a few aged players there. I mean, I'm not I'm not also going to pretend to know a lot about Russia, but from what I remember of the World Cup, they were a pretty decent side. Um, they were very similar still to the World Cup. They, they have a lot of, it's a lot of the same squad. Um, and they were, they were good in the World Cup. Obviously, being on home soil obviously has an advantage. And they fully played yeah. that. They are a decent side still, though. Um, bear with me. I mean, in qualifying, they were in the same group as Belgium in the qualifying for these Euros, and the 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 only games I lost were the two to Belgium. And I mean, obviously, the rest of the group wasn't great. It was uh, San Marino, Kazakhstan, Cyprus, and Scotland. But they still had a good qualifying campaign. Um, obviously, like I said, the only they scored thirty three goals across the ten games, so they obviously scored quite a few. I know they were playing teams like San Marino, but you still got to beat what's put in front of you. And, the, and we watched the, England against San Marino. We know that <laughs> sometimes it can be a bit of a frustrating affair. Yeah. It's not um, always a commodity that you're going to score double figures, is it? No, not all. Um, but yeah, Russia is still a, a decent outfit. A lot of that team's similar. They've still got the same manager in charge. I think tactically they're very still very similar to that side that would that played on home soil. Denmark, for me as well, I think are a, a, another team that deserve a little bit more credit than they get. I think they're, they are a good side. Obviously, they've beaten England recently, in recent times. Um, so they are, they're, they're always been a decent side, Denmark. They're another one that's similar to Wales, you know, these these countries that aren't blessed with huge, um, hugely talented players, but, you know, they're, they're going to fight for, you know, they're the kind of team that the players, when they're wearing the international shirt, they're going to play like, 
they want to keep that shirt kind of thing. You know, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna try their hardest. I mean, that should be a given with any international says, but we know. Denmark have got a lot of really good players. Like obviously they've got Schmeichel in goal. They've got players like Simon Kier in defence. Obviously they've got Christian Eriksen in midfield. Players like Hoiberg, um, Christian Norgard at Brentford. Obviously I know that's Brentford, but um, Thomas Delaney from Dortmund. Up front they've got players like Kasper Dolberg and Yusuf Poulsen who are both really good at club level. They are a decent outfit. Yeah. And obviously they're more successful in the European Championships than England have ever been. Uh, yeah. Well, we're just not major tournament team. <laughs> we are this. We are this one. But yeah, and obviously Finland, the new boys, obviously never been to a international tournament before. It's always nice to have a a new face at a tournament. And I think they were they were the, they were the final Scandinavian team to never appear at a tournament. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people obviously are expecting them to maybe not get far, but. It is common for a new boy to have a decent time. Obviously, they've got they're not playing with any fear, and they've got one and they've got some decent players up front in the form of um, obviously Timu Puki. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like with with, with a with a national side like Finland, is it's you they're going to have that factor in a tournament that they don't know if they're going to be at this tournament ever again. Well, in the near future, anyway, they yeah. obviously will get it, but they're going to give absolutely everything. So. You'd expect them on paper to be um, the whipping boys of that group, but I, I think they'll they'll spring up a couple of surprises. To be fair, yeah. Also, because they're playing Finland, they're playing Denmark, they're playing one of their local rivals. That could be a bit of a a bit of a spicy game overall as well. And Russia actually, um, they're both not on the they're both kind of rivals. It, it's a tough one to call up in the group. I think. As we said with the other one, I think in paper that at least one of the teams would go for you. I'd imagine Belgium would be the one that went through. Um, yeah. But I, I honestly couldn't pick between Denmark and Russia in terms of who would finish second, personally. I'd probably maybe pick Denmark, but it could go either way. And obviously, let's say Finland shouldn't be ruled out at all. No, I think, yeah, I think, they've, yeah, like you said, just the, that you'd assume Belgium will win that group and the battle for second, I think, might, you know, because if Finland spring a shock, Against um, the likes of um, Denmark or Russia, then yeah, well, you know that second place between them three comes quite interesting. Even if yeah. they beat Belgium, you know, has them trembling in the boots a bit. You know, well, one, one good result from Finland sort of throws that group up right right exactly. into the air. So. I mean, the opening game is Denmark Finland in that group. So yeah, I mean, so if they won that, like, exactly. Yeah. Good run from Aaron Ramsey. Well found. Dinked in towards Robson, Carnu, Taylor's available, what a turn, what a goal! Right, so Group C, we've got the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and another one of the new boys, North Macedonia. Up the North Macedonia? Absolutely. <sighs> you, got, you, you have to fancy Holland in that group, don't you? You've got to. You've got to um, fancy the Netherlands, absolutely, I would agree with you there. And obviously being one of the teams that's actually hosting as well, they have the home advantage. That's what we actually have brought up. Um, obviously, several of the teams are hosting the tournament. Um, yeah. Which I think is... I don't like the idea, to be honest. I, I think it should be in one or two countries and that's it. But Well, I assume with, that they've taken that kind of approach because it's an if they hosted it in one country and then that country then became like red-listed for travel or... Um, you know, your COVID things went up, then well, no, there's well, no fans it, and it's buggered. Originally, it was across Europe anyway, 
as part of the anniversary, I think it's the 60th anniversary of the European Championship, or it was meant to be. So I got it at that, but I think it's always awkward. I think sometimes the tournament atmosphere is better when it's all enclosed in one place, almost. Yeah. I don't think there's as much, because everyone, everyone's there for that tournament, instead of spread out from Hamden to Baku. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird one, but we get to have some um, games at Wembley, so... Oh, yeah. I'm not really about that. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, <laughs> so the Netherlands are the only team in that group who are hosting games. Um, so, with that home advantage as well, playing at the Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam, you'd imagine they'd probably be good favourites for the, for the group. Um, Has Van Dijk made it into that squad? But, I was about to say, but they are missing arguably their best player in the form of Edge of Van Dijk. Depay's had a very good season. I'm excited to watch him. I think he'll be good this time. He has had a good season. The ball, the, the, there is an issue that a lot of Dutch players, people have with him. Obviously, the ball's the manager there. Now, obviously, he took over from Koeman, who obviously went to Barcelona. And under Koeman, Netherlands looked well, but he's been very mixed results since the ball took over. And obviously, he's never had that great uh, a time as a manager as his time in England would show. Um, yeah. And he's not a popular man among the Netherlands fans. But the Netherlands normally go to a tournament and have a massive fallout. So it's not really a surprise if it does happen again. No. Um, yeah, they, they they could well, you know, have another disastrous tournament. If we, we know full well as England fans, if, you, if you're not a fan of the manager and then add that to maybe like missing a couple of good players and negativity going into a tournament, Never usually ends well, does it? Yeah, it can it can be very toxic, and they say in the past it's happened quite often for the Netherlands, and um, but they still have got obviously plenty of talent in that side that could ease that should in, on paper at least they should easily win that group really, but they're always unpredictable. Um, I think the new, the Ukraine's also actually a good side at the moment under obviously managed by Andrei Shevchenko, so um, and they've yeah. had, they've had a decent time of it in recent in recent um months and years. I know that they didn't have a great I know their um Nations League they, they finished bottom of their group, but the way was Spain, Germany and Switzerland. So it's a bit of a yeah once um but they, they qualified for the tournament ahead of Portugal in the qualifying. They finished top of their group um Ahead of Portugal, so they're obviously there's, there's, they're clearly a good side if they're beating the current defending champions, who are one of the best sides in Europe, or at least you'd expect to be. Yeah, I seem to remember. I seem to remember them being a quite high tempo, in your face, use the wings a lot, cause you a bit of issues. now, because um, that 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 style of play, that high tempo in your face, kind of rough and tumble, can can um, not be some players' cup of tea. I think we'd enjoy it with Jack Grealish in the side if we played him now. I think he'd enjoy it. Um, but yeah, the Ukraine under Shevchenko are a decent outfit. They're a good attacking outfit. They, they play well on the counter. Um, though there is another side that actually we do have an idea of, at least in recent times, Austria. Now, based on the friendly against England, I would say Austria are going to finish bottom of that group. <laughs> because they weren't great. I mean, England weren't great shakes themselves, but Austria didn't look very good. And I'm surprised because that's another side who, similar to teams like Switzerland, have got a good few players, but they didn't seem to... They seemed very pragmatic and they seemed very yeah. defensive. Obviously, that might have been because they were playing England. Um, obviously, with our strength being our attack. 
but they do they do look a bit off the pace compared to a lot of the other teams. Yeah, I mean, with us not really playing our big guns um, and them not really offering us any trouble, I think would be a, a large indicator of maybe the limits of their capabilities. I mean, they didn't look brilliant. Um, I can't see them getting out of that group personally. I think that's, if I was, this is probably the first team out of the groups that we've spoke about so far that I would safely put money on and say they're not going through. Fair enough. Like, so they, they have got like a few decent players. Like, so they've got Marcel Zabitza, who was fantastic for Leipzig up front. Obviously, Marco, yeah, Inaltovic, Marco Inaltovic still plays for him. And obviously, we haven't seen him for a while in English football. He's been in China. They have got some decent players, but this, and obviously, David Alba at the back. Um, I think sometimes it's, you know, with international teams, I think sometimes you can have um, such a good team, but because international tournaments are so few and far between, uh, well, they cover a lot of years that if you don't have the right manager in charge at the time, like, it's it's an opportunity gone. It's like, I was thinking back the other day to how our mid-noughties team with the likes of Becca, uh, Beckham, Gerrard, uh, Lampard, the, the golden generation, how we didn't win anything with them. And then I just think, you know, if we'd have had this manager instead or something, you think we probably would have done. Um, and I think Austria probably are getting that. Well, I don't know, because, you know, who, was, who are they going to get to come in, really? But maybe being a bit harsh on them there. But I, I, I would imagine that, when you've got the likes of Alaba in your team. And I, mean, I like that a bit, so I do think he's a very good player. He's a fantastic um, player. He is he's very, very high-tempo box-to-box, and he's got a cracking long-range shot on him, which we experienced a couple of times. So yeah. I, I just think that maybe maybe they're under a bit of... They're maybe just going to miss out on this one, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Um, they were, um, in their qualifying, they were runners-up, I think, in their group behind Poland. Um, they just got off in the, they actually were in the same group as the next team we're going to talk about, North Macedonia. They just finished ahead of them. Speaking of that, so we'll move on to North Macedonia, the second of the two new boys at the tournament. They're looking, they're looking exciting side, to be fair. From what yeah, I'm saying. backing them, me. I think, I oh, think I they'll do all right. right. I like Macedonia. I, I, there's something about Macedonia I really like. There's just there's something about them. I'm not, I'm not actually sure what it is. I think... I think being the new team as well, I'll always want the, a new team to could do relatively well. Yeah. I and thought you was going to come out with some outlandish stat then and say, like, you've found out on Ancestry that you're, like, one-eighth Macedonian or something. No, but I do have a Macedonian flag <laughs> upstairs for some random reason. I don't even know why. But, obviously, in recent times, they've had a good... I mean, they beat Germany only a couple of months ago. So they've shown that they can, every now and then, upset the big ta- the big teams. Yeah, because I, st- I still even think, you know, teams, as much as you say, or as much as the players would say, you know, we don't get complacent, we don't allow, um, we treat every game the same kind of thing. I think subconsciously they do not, and everyone knows it. Um, I think the, prob- the the thing with teams like Macedonia and um, Finland, for example, is going to be that teams are going to go into a game expecting to beat them, which means that Finland, that you know, them sides, Macedonia, they're going to, they're going to be like, no, we're, we're going to give this absolutely everything, whereas the other side's going to be kind of more subconsciously saying, we can probably play at 75% today and, and, and win. And then before you know it, you're, you're one or two goals down and you're thinking, oh, crap. Yeah. And 
it's whether or not they can they've got the energy and, and the quality enough to muster and 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 come back from that deficit kind of thing. So yeah, I just fun. think that the way Macedonia play with them is similar to like what I remember from Ukraine anyway is that is that they're very very energetic and in your face. So you know the, I I honestly think that they they'll they'll be above Austria, but um, I hope I hope that they can somehow scrape through. I think that'd be nice. It would be nice. Um, yeah, as we say, I think we're both in agreement that probably top two would probably be the Netherlands and Ukraine. Yeah, um, that's what you'd expect. Yeah. McManaman. He's got through. Yes, going. Sheringham waits. Sheringham. And now when we actually do know a lot about ourselves, <laughs> Group D. So we're mm. finally on to Group D, which is, of course, England, Croatia, Scotland and the Czech Republic, or Czechia, whichever you prefer. I mean, we're obviously winning the group. <laughs> what, what more is there to say? There you go, move on. <laughs> no, Ooh. I think I, I, I do fancy us in this group stage. I, just, I think we've got a very youthful attacking hungry sides that probably, you know, you're looking at the likes of Ford and you're looking at Grealish, you're looking at Mount. We just got such amazing creative talent. My only qualm with maybe the squad as a whole is that I don't know how we fits them all in. <laughs> yeah, that is the quandary. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll have a look at what we pick as an 11 later. Um, but mm. I, I agree. In, in theory, England should especially with all three games being at Wembley as well. Um, yeah. England should really go through. Um, I think Croatia, it's, Croatia's a tricky one to predict. They obviously get into the World Cup of a couple of years ago themselves, obviously beating England and getting there. Um, but that team is a couple of years older. There's a couple of players who don't play anymore. I think it's still a very quality side, but it's just not the same side. That it, yeah, they, they just have they got they got they had Russia at the right time, I think, for that team. And obviously, since then, they've they've had very mixed results since then overall. Um, but yeah, Croatia, it's hard to say. Um, obviously, the opening games, the one it's obviously England versus Croatia will have an idea of all. The, I think I think in that game will sort of say it all. Moving on to we'll go on to the Czech Republic. Decent side. There's a couple of decent players in there. Um, but another one where I think I, I'm, I'm unsure of. Um, obviously, they're another team that in recent, like Denmark in recent times have beaten England. Yeah, but it only tends to be really when we have a really off day. Oh yeah, but I wouldn't write them off. Is what a lot of the other no, no, yeah. Have. Obviously, like if, if you know if you if, if you're capable of beating England even on a bad day, then it's it's still a an impressive feat, I think. Um, and they're another side that's won <laughs> another side that's been more successful than us in the Euros. <laughs> yeah, well. It's it's all changing this tournament, really, so we can stop saying that. Um, um, no, because Czech, Czech Republic, I probably would fancy more more so than Croatia, to be fair. Um, I know experience has a factor in the Croatian squad, but... The irony is it's hard to say. Experience, yeah, experience also translates into old legs, which translates into um, less energy. Um, I just think that Croatia's time is... They, they are now on a on a downward um, in, uh, decline. They're at the end of, uh, they're at the end of their, gold, their golden generation. They're at the end of it, yeah. definitely. Yeah, they've, 
they're, they're, they're sliding down off the peak now. So um, I don't really fancy Croatia in any way, shape or form. Absolutely, Republic, absolutely destroying Croatia, Iran. Well, I just yeah, I've, 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 I might have a bit of a beef with them for knocking us out of the semis, <laughs> but you know. Okay, so we'll move on to the final one of those. There, Scotland actually qualifying for a tournament. Now they're going out whipping boys. Even Croatia will beat them. I know what you mean. <laughs> I know it's easy to say that about Scotland, but I actually think they might do all right, purely because. In the past year, they've played the Czech Republic twice and beaten them twice. Um, they had a couple of decent. They've had. They've actually had a couple of decent games recently. I know they obviously they drew with the Netherlands uh, in one of their pre-tournament friendlies. Obviously, that's that's not a bad result. Obviously, it's pre-tournament friendly, but and obviously against England, they're not going to fucking take any shit. They've got Andy Robertson. Will class? So they're going to win the. Group. I just don't like Scotland. There, I said it. What, I'm going to have Jim White in my DMs now, telling me that I should want him to do well. Oh, fucking, what a little crock of shit that was. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I, I would actually kind of like Scotland um, to maybe get through that group and then get absolutely pummeled in the um, <laughs> I, knockout rounds. So, I honestly think Scotland are a bad shout to be one of the third place teams, personally. I don't think they're a bad shout. I've got to remember they're playing, apart from the game against us, their other two games are at Hamden as well. I just don't think they've got the attacking... Um, I don't think they carry enough of a goal threat. Oh, no, I get that. To, um, to really um, put anybody into a sense. I mean, I, they're they're going to be another example of a team that's going to play and give everything for every minute yeah. of every game that they're in. They're, they're, they're more but, of a team than a bunch of individuals. Again, yeah. I just don't think that they have the firepower required to. No, I, I get that. I mean, they're probably you could argue their main. Striking threat is probably Che Adams at Southampton, which is a decent oh, striker. He's definitely scoring against us after switching his nation. Yeah, he's not even Scottish. Um, saying that, they have in defence says and Liam Cooper, who I'm pretty certain was born in the same city we were. Pretty certain yeah. I'm not Scottish. Uh, well, Daniel James at Wales. Yeah, that's true. But you only have got, to have a- I do think, to be fair, Scotland have got. And a pretty decent team, rather than like individuals got a pretty good team. And I think I do think they'll. I think it's hard to say. Obviously, they've never got out of a group stage of a tournament. Um, but I think they never will. This is probably their best chance because of the third place. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it'll be England and Croatia as the top two. Personally, Um, I I actually do think Scotland will finish third. Nothing against the Czech Republic. But I do think Scotland will finish third. Um, whether they'll go through as a third place team is another matter, but I do think they'll finish third. Yeah, I, did, I, I mean, I hammered Croatia at the beginning, but when you look at the group, they should they should be finishing. Um, sec- we should be winning this group. They should be second, and um, then it should be a straight shootout between Scotland and Czech Republic for that third place. But I just think that um, Croatia are going to have a bit of an issue against, you know, I think because I think we'll beat them. And I think they'll struggle against the other two. I, I just think our group probably is even just quite as interesting as the others we mentioned earlier. It, it, you know, there's one one unexpected defeat in this group, and it, it even for us, like you know, imagine yeah. if Scotland win their first game and we lose, like yeah, the others on them, especially going into playing them, absolutely. Yeah, um, then then 
they could quite happily just play for a draw against us and then you know it, it, the whole mm-hmm. the whole ethos of the group changes and yeah just I would say us on paper us Croatia Czech Republic Scotland but I, I fancy Scotland for that that third place like you and the Greek supporters at that end are getting very very excited now And Dennis Chippen with the goalkeeper, and they've scored! Karistaeus is the player that got the touch. And Greece have taken the lead in the European Championship final. Right, so we're obviously moving on now to Group E, which we keep saying that. I feel like a broken record saying all the groups look tight, but actually the European Championships in general, compared to the World Cup, there's nothing, it's nothing, nothing against the World Cup, but I do think the European Championships has a greater concentration of really good teams. Yeah, because it's it's similar to the champ. Well, let's be honest, the 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 best footballers and the f- best teams, like as a whole, and the best leagues, it's European in it. Football is predominantly like you know, even the the more skilled South American players or African players want to come play in Europe. It's 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 where. Yeah. Um, Football is bigger, kind of. Well, not necessarily even, bigger because obviously you look at Brazil and that. But even the national sides are predominantly is Europe and South America, and I think that's the thing yeah. with with the World Cup. You might with the European Championships. Usually, every team of the European Championships is a good team. Yeah. The, so the interest, get, uh, the, the interest Cup, in might... football is higher in the European countries, which means that you get more better players coming through, which hmm. means consistently better national sides. In that's general, my logic yeah. that I'm going. No, no, I get, I get what you're coming for. It's just like, you just think about, like, you don't get a team, like, nothing against, like, you don't get many oceanic teams. You know, not a lot of many of them sort of teams are of the quality of an European or a South American side. Um, North American sides are getting better, but they're not as good as South America and Europe. Same with African teams. They've always, they're, they're improving sides, but they never seem to be up there in comparison. Whereas in the European Championships and in the Copa America as well itself, which is on at the same time, there's a more concentrated group of talent. Yeah. Um, anyway, we get back on to topic. Um, so Group A is Spain, Sweden, Poland and Slovakia. Now this is nah, one I have. No I fancy Slovakia in that one. I don't know who I fancy in that one, to be honest. Um Obviously, a lot of people would probably look at Spain, but I actually don't think they'll win that group. Um, even though they are technically the one host side in that in that in that group. Mm. I don't um, know. I think getting Laporte as a Spanish player, I think, is a bit of a coup because I think he's a very good defender. True. Um, but for they're me, obviously not the Spain of old. But no, they're not. Absolutely you know, not. They're, they're still packing and recently. As it, I, uh, a few months ago, the end of last year, they beat Germany 6 0. So they're clearly yeah. slowly inside. Um, they still can clearly do the business. Um, but just because of how forms going, for me, Poland are the team in that, t- in that group. That's quite a big call, actually. They've got the best striker in the world up front. <laughs> Better than Kane? Yeah. You've just come on a Euro preview podcast and said that Lewandowski. Nah. Who's the one who's going to win the Ballon d'Or? I'm not. I'm not. Well, if that's irrelevant, 
<laughs> for, for me personally, Poland are probably the best. If any team is a dark horse, I hear that term, but if any team is a dark horse, it's Poland. Yeah, well, they're, obvious, they're, they're another side that are going to either... Yeah, no, I've said all this, they'll finish bottom of the fucking group. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I, I just don't fancy them above Spain. I mean, I, I am doing it on a limb, to be honest. I just wanted to say yeah, something. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to worm my brain into a, into a way where I could potentially agree with you, but I just can't. The, the group I became a lot, the, the group became a lot to predict because of Ibrahimovic being ruled out for Sweden. Um, I think Sweden are a decent side. But losing Ibrahimovic for me completely takes so much away from that side going forward. Yeah. Um, and if if Ibrahimovic had been there, I think it would have been a, a much tougher one to call. Um, but for me, I would say Spain and Poland are the top two. Look, Spain are still a good side. They've still got plenty of good players, and I would expect to be honest. If they played England, I won't be surprised to beat them. Um, but England have actually got good results in recent times against Spain, so. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, to me, I think this is one of the easiest groups to predict. I think it'll be Spain, Poland, Sweden, yeah. Slovakia, and I think it'll be be that dead on. And I'd I'd quite happily put money on that. Fair enough. I mean, I'm just going to have a look at Slovakia real quick. Um, I mean, Slovakia still got a lot of a couple of decent players like Marek Hamšík, who's been around for what feels like for fucking ever now. Has um, he still got that dodgy mohawk? I think he does. Um. <laughs> Obviously, they, they actually beat the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland to qualify for the tournament. Um, which yeah, is, well. Which is a bit of a shame, because I would have liked Josh McGuinness to play there. Um, and Gavin White. Exactly. Um, in recent times, the results have been mixed. They did beat Russia not too long ago. Um, so they, they can beat... Well, and can beat yeah, but teams. I just think in that group, I think maybe the yeah. only team that they're capable of beating is maybe Sweden. I mean, they've got players. Still think... got, like the Brav Karin girl is a decent defend. He's a good. He's a decent keeper. They've got players like uh, Skirinar from Inter Milan, who's had a good season in defence. Was in Marikamshik, but in general, I would agree they're probably the weakest team in that group. Um, and I would expect that, but there could be a fair place team as well. Like they could. They, it's between them and Sweden, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Totally agree. Like, like I said, I could. I, I'm fully expecting Sweden to beat Slovakia, but I know full well that you know Sweden could probably not turn up against them and and then end up going. Fit. Yeah, I think if you finish below Slovakia in that group, you'd be very disappointed. Spain and Poland for me, I personally in Poland, but it could go either way. I'm not backing you on that Poland front. That's fine. <laughs> Albertini didn't control that. Perez got it for France. And it's Perez. Trezeguet is waiting in the centre. Trezeguet! France have won the European Championship! Right then, so now we're up to Group F, or as it probably most people would call it, the Group of Death. Group um, F, the Group of Death. Poor Hungary. Poor, poor Hungary. <laughs> Being in there with Portugal, France and Germany. I think they'll have more than 10 goals conceded. Easy. Are you hungry, to be fair? They might do all right. They are hosting the games with Germany. 
Um, but no, let's be honest, they're going to finish bottom with three games lost. As much as I want them to do well and I will support them in every game they play in that group, they're probably going to be the whipping boys of that group. Yeah, it's football. Weird things have happened, but I just... When, when it's a group that's got them three teams in it, I just can't. And the concerning thing about this group for us as England fans is... We finish in the top two. We play one of them two, top, those top twos, I believe. I'm glad you said this because I really wanted to bring this up. I really like that. I don't know why everyone's worried about it. Yes, okay, we'd be playing a really difficult team to beat. Get them out of the but, way. But hear me out. We win the group and play France, Germany or Portugal in the, in the knockout round. If you beat, say we say, say we um, face uh, France or, or the Germans and we beat them, I think we go on and win the tournament. You know, you've got oh, to get the big ones out I was, We are still the very last line. And why why, why not? I won't, say, I won't say we will. I'd say we've got a very good chance. Momentum after beating a side like that, getting your big dogs out. You know, I just think that that... that to be would, honest. That's the I, kind of win that England need to, to spare yeah. them all. Because the, the, only, the only problem that people had with the World Cup um, and our run was that it was... Fairly easy, and um, we but didn't that's really the play. Excuse everyone says anyway. Yeah. yeah, and then any better any of the better teams that we played, we lost like you know Belgium twice and Croatia. But you, you, you got to think that if they beat the French or the Germans in 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 the first knockout round, imagine that lift that the country gets. Imagine that that um, belief and momentum that the younger the younger players in the team get. I oh mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Going back to that, which team ain't finishing in the top two then? <laughs> I don't know. I, I fancy France for the whole tournament, so I've got to say that France um, uh, will I finish can't, I can't disagree there. Um, I think they'll win that group. Uh, you got to look. I you only have to look at Mbappe and, and for you me, know, Pogba always plays his best for France. Kante has had a phenomenal season. Varane is amazing. France, They've just. France are the favourites, and rightly so. Yeah. I mean, their team's just phenomenal, in it? Defensively, offensively, it's just, you know, they've, 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 you, you're looking at, like, your third-choice players are probably good enough to start for most countries. Like, I think the, you would say they're the favourites, but this is the sort of group that can really fuck you over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not, I'm really happy that France, Germany and Portugal are in the same group because... It, as like a confidence knocker, you know, it's a difficult group and it's going to be very hard to win all most of them, games, all three yeah. games and, or win the group. So, you know, it's going to take a lot out of them to getting out of that group, um, which right. I'm very happy for. Who do you think will finish behind France then? Because for me, I think it'll be Portugal. Yeah, no, same. Uh, uh, Portugal seem to save it for the Euros, don't they? They, they, they like good Euros. I think their um, team is the Germany in recent times, ignoring the fiasco of the World Cup. I know, obviously, can't really ignore that, but they since Joachim, since then, the results have been very mixed for Joachim Learn. Obviously, he's leaving after the tournament finishes, um, but in recent, the recent results have not been good. Obviously, like we said before, they lost to Macedonia 2 1 only a couple of months ago in the World Cup qualifiers, as mentioned before, they got smashed 6 0 by Spain. They're not in the place they were, and while, no. while they've still got that good ta- that a good side, they're not 
something's not right, that not, not on point there that was before. They're having a similar fallout to what Spain did. So, like, Spain had yeah. that little dominance of the, of the globe and then Germany had that dominance of the globe. And then the fallout after that tends to be so high for some reason. I don't know whether it's um, because they have such a core group of players that when they try, you know, when they lose a few of them, either because of age or whatever, um, well, I was the, you look at, the replacements... The, the, yeah, they try and play the same way with with different players, and it doesn't work, kind of thing. I yeah. think you look at the last. I think, I think it's the last three or four World Cups. The winner has gone out in the group stage of the next tournament. Yeah. So there's some there's the Germany side. It's still a good side, but I, I just think Portugal, with their attacking ability that they have at the moment, with players like Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Diego Jota, and obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, um, and yeah. what will probably be his. It could be his final tournament. It'll be his final Euros. I think he'll be. Um, yeah, I think he'll be at the next World Cup. It could be at the Qatar World Cup because obviously it's only next year. But it'll be his final Euros, and obviously he's a man who I think he's he's like a couple of goals off of the goal scoring records at the Euros, and the appearances at the Euros. So he's going to be a man who wants to break those records. I actually think Portugal are better now than the way when they won it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, tenfold. They're when they won it, they were they were. Quite a side. Yeah. They didn't play. Nah, very I was well happy about that though, because I got Portugal in my sweet stick and they won me a lot of money. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Air, um, what a legend. Yeah, they, they were they're definitely a better side than the way when they won it. Um, and obviously the who, one who, who was, takes who's taking Portugal's penalties? Bruno Fernandes. You what you think you think C Ron's letting him no. take nah. Um, no, you're asking me who should or who will. Okay then. Who will? Uh, who should Fernandez? Who will Ronaldo? What do you think Bruno should take penalties above? Why? I think he's got a better record. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know who's been taking think, recently. To be honest, he might have been. It'd, it'd be interesting anyway. to see that discussion when, when and if Portugal get a penalty. I think. Um, <laughs> um, I think you, you, the camera will focus on Ronaldo picking the ball up, and you'll probably see Bruno yeah. somewhere on the pitch, sort of looking quite forlorn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and for that um, reason, Bruno Fernandes will not score in this tournament. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think yeah, Portugal are an immensely better side than the way five years now five years ago, isn't it? So, as obviously, the, like you said, they, they won the Nations League as well. So they've won the most recent tournament that's happened as well um, in Europe. So for me, they're another team who are one of the favourites for me personally to win the whole thing. Yeah, I think they're capable of winning the group. I. I, I they I are, do yeah. think France will win it, but I think Portugal have got more than yeah. enough. And the thing is, Portugal-France is the final group game for both of those sides, so it could be a case of it decides who finishes top. Hungary to knock out the Germans. <laughs> Imagine. Oh. Are you up Hungary win that group? Imagine if Hungary win that group win all three games. Oh, God, imagine, imagine. that Van Tegelen's got support here from Arnold Muren. Van Basten's on the far side of the penalty area now to volley it. Oh, I say, what a goal! That's a beauty! Oh, even Mikkels can't believe it! Right then, so we've covered the group stage, so now we're going to move on to England, finally. So, obviously, the opening against Croatia. Let's just, I'll just ask you now, right, right. Um, who would you your starting 11 be? Oh, I wish that wasn't the first question. Um, what did you wish was the first question? 
are we going to beat Croatia? <laughs> um, as well, you on do that one first. Well, well yeah, of course we are. Um, in terms of in terms of the first eleven, it, it's something that over the last week or so, I've probably changed my mind about seven times. I oh, I, I do. I always assumed that he's picked ba- well based on the team that he's 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 taking. In my head, I thought he was going to play five at the back. Um, it he's doesn't look like he's, he's going to be. With, with yeah, well, he still might. He might have played, you know, a different way in the friendlies to sort of, you know, make teams, other scouts watching us think, oh, maybe they're not going to do that kind of thing. But um, I thought he was going to try and play five at the back, which if he was doing so, I would have Kyle Walker, um, John Stones and Harry Maguire as defenders. Um, well, for, the, for the Croatia game, obviously, we probably won't have Maguire. So who would you have in place of No. If you say Tyrone Mings, I will reach through the screen and strangle I you. I don't want to say Tyrone Mings because I don't like Tyrone Mings. Um, <laughs> Nothing against Tyrone Mings, but he's without Maguire, I wouldn't play. I, without Maguire, I wouldn't play a five at the back. So I would play no, a four. I won't play. I won't play five at the back with Maguire. I'd like us to play a four-two-three-one, and I would like the the goalkeeper. Because you know what? No, I don't even know the goalkeeper because Pickford's a. Pickford annoys me because he's so good with the ball at his feet. Great distribution, but, but he's so bad when the when there's crosses into the box, and it's very frustrating because his his decision making's poor. I think it's very poor. Um, mm. I think we saw it a couple of times in the friendlies where he just comes out and he like charges into his own players, and I don't know if it's communication problems or something, and he just doesn't scream when he's coming for the ball or whatever. But it's like he is the mold that we need. But not good enough all round. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but also the way that England play, we need the goalkeeper to be good with his feet. Yeah. Um, so, so on that premise, I'd probably have him in goal. You'd regressively have Pickford in goal. Yeah, so I just wish he'd be better in other areas. So um, you said four, two, three, one. So who's your left back? Luke Shaw. I just think he's had a very good season. You know, if you're picking an England squad, you've got to pick the players in form. And Luke Shaw's had a very to good season, fair, so Luke Shaw's done. At fullback, you can't really lose, in my opinion. No, yeah, even if you pick. play Chilwell, you know, he's, he's a good player. I just think that because Luke Shaw and what he's come from, like being in like the Man United abyss and being scolded yeah, by Mourinho, and he's had a very good season. Um, so I'd have Luke Shaw in left back. My centre-backs... <laughs> he's so, um, Maguire's not playing it's so hard to yeah, choose because it would have been so easy tough. to just say Stones and Maguire I don't want to play I like the left defense. I like the left-sided centre-back to be left-footed I think it makes yeah. sense um, that's fair enough but I, as far as I'm aware Mings is the only left-footed centre-back we've got in the squad I think I'll take the risk of playing a right-footed one um, yeah no I, I would um, mm-hmm. I personally in the absence of Maguire I like Cody, you know. In the absence of Maguire, I would play Cody. Only like for the Cody. fact that, yeah, Godfrey, I think, well, is a good defender, but with it, with him not having... Well, he, 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 um, he got cut, didn't he, anyway, Godfrey? Oh, did he? Yeah. Who who ended up getting picked? So the choices... You said the back choices, anyway, are Stones, Maguire, Mings, Cody, and Ben White. Is Stones fit? I believe so. The only reason he hasn't Stones played and... is because he's one of the Man City players, isn't he? I forgot. I forgot about Ben White. I play Stones and Ben White 
I'm glad you remembered because that would also be my centre back pairing for the Croatia game. Yeah, I like I do like Ben White. Um, I thought he played very well when he was on. I think he's very. He reminds me of Greavesy. Um, he's very comfortable on the ball. He's very good with the ball at his feet. He's um he's very agile. So you know if someone's getting in behind him, they're not they're not aware. Guaranteed. It's funny about Ben White as well because if you ask most Brighton fans, Lewis Dunk should be there over Ben White. Yeah, I mean it's just the the way that England play. We need need the defenders to be good with the ball at the feet. Yeah. Um, Dunk is Dunk is a very good defender, but like we said in a similar sense, Pickford. You know, we need we need ball players at the back because we tend to keep it in the back and the the back of the midfield for some reason for a very long time. Yeah. So I would personally. Um, I'd put him above Cody just for the sense of he's got a bit more height on him. Yeah. For uh, me, I wouldn't play Cody in a back four. I'd, if we were playing no, in the back three, I'd play Cody. He's, yeah, he's good in a back three. Uh, right, so here but we if, go. And Southgate's favourite position, right back, who are you going to pick? Kyle Walker. Fair enough. I just think like, he's... It's another one for me where you can't lose who you pick for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, obviously missing Trent. You see, the thing is, is with Trent Alexander-Arnold, it's, it's all well and good having a good a, a defender that's all well, that's that's very good going forward, but not so good at, at the back. Because if you play in the likes of France, for example, you don't you don't want your defender to, to be a bit um, question mark at, at the back kind of no. potential liability, do you? Because you need a bit more um, of a base. Um, I think Kyle Walker's got a lot better. Um, being under Pep at City, um, I never really used to rate him that much. But the more I watch of him uh, at City, and he's getting better at all parts of his his game now. Going forward, coming back, he's defending. You know, he's he's not afraid to throw himself in front of the ball and stuff. Um, he maybe thinks he's a bit better at passing than he is, but potentially, I, realistically, I don't want him in the side to be be doing stupidly outlandish passes anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'd have him there. Fair enough. Um, so who would your two then in midfield be? I would have Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice as the holders. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Would you not? Who would you expect? I was not expecting you to say Calvin Phillips. Well, well, you see, the thing is, is my logic is if, if we're trying to be a ball-playing team um, and we want to be able to probe defences... Calvin Phillips has shown for Leeds this season that his strength is roaming around in the middle and pinging them long diagonal behind and being very comfortable on the ball. Um, I don't think we've seen him do it for England so far because he tends to play it's him or Rice. I don't think Phillips' um, strength is defending. So that's why I've got Rice alongside him because Rice is very good at that. He'll be the one that breaks up the play. He can give a nice little offlay to Phillips who then can get us going because he likes to carry the ball forwards and he's, he's, he's very good at finding space. So that's my logic of having them two there. Now, Henderson, I just don't no. like him. <laughs> I just don't like no, him. I, I mean, a hate, lot of people would I, have Henderson there. I don't hate John Henderson, but he's not played for months. He shouldn't be in the squad. Roy Keane said something brilliant when he was on about what's he there for? He's there to play card tricks. Um, yeah. For me, if you want him there as a leader and as an inspirational person, take him as part of your backroom staff and give someone like, I, I don't know, James Ward Prowse that spot. I just think Jordan Henderson gets more praise than I, I don't know, mind I, him. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a very, very 
I'm in a minority, a very large minority, um, <laughs> in not liking Henderson and, and, and anything that he brings to the game. I just think he's terrible. I think um, he 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 plays in good sides and it helps make him look better kind of thing. But I know somebody will probably tweet me and tell me that I'm very, very wrong and I'm fully expecting that. And I am welcoming the chance to have a nice discussion about it. But I just don't like Henderson and, and what he offers. I don't think he's, he fits the England system at all. It's fine for Liverpool, you know, when you've got Fabinho sat behind you. I know we could do the same with Rice, but if you play Henderson in, in that sort of situation, you're losing Grealish, Mount or Foden. Yeah. For me, I don't hate Henderson. I don't mind him. I think he's all right. But purely based on the fitness thing, and if you're picking players based on form, he should be nowhere near the squad. No, no. Not, not when you you've not played for like five his months. inclusion when he's not played fairly all season. Um, I can sort of, you know, on form, Jesse Lingard maybe should have gone, but I can kind of understand for me, in I the grand scheme of... The balance of the midfield would have been off. But yeah, Ward Prowse um definitely should have gone above him. And if Ward Prowse was in the squad, I would have played Rice and Ward Prowse as the deep CDMs. Um, um so who's your who's that attacking three behind? I'm assuming Harry Kane. Um, the three attacking midfielders, and they're gonna have fluidity and they're going to move and they're gonna have variety and they're gonna switch wings and they're gonna switch sides, gonna have a free room, and it's gonna be Grealish, Mountain Third, and, and I I cannot understand why that would never ever be a thing. They are easily our three most creative and best players. Grealish has to start, Foden is absolutely amazing, and Mount has been phenomenal. And I just think if we don't play them three on the pitch at the same time, then we will look back at this tournament and massively regret that decision. There's one the, the only point in there I'm like is there's one player who I would maybe because I find it tricky to pick but for me you have to have Jaden Sancho in the starting 11 I don't think Sancho is I haven't watched him for England and thought that he's, he's we haven't seen him be what we want him to be I don't know if it's the fact that he's at Dortmund in a very good side in a, 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 maybe an arguably weaker league that he, he sort of Obviously, he's very he's very young, so he's obviously a very, very good player. But I just don't think I've watched Sancho for England and thought, that's where I want to start him. Because I think if you play Sancho, you've got to play the likes of Sterling on the other side. And I don't think um, we suit wingers at the moment. I don't think I just, you have to play Sterling on the other side if you play Sancho. Yeah, but you see, the thing, the problem, it throws the team out of balance. If you play Sancho on the other side, who's essentially an inside forward, um, but you don't play a, a similar a similar player on the other side, then your attacking balance is off. So if you play Grealish on the left hand side, he's not going to play as an inside forward. He's going to drop from wide into that number ten position, and he's going to try and pick up space. And then him and Sancho are going to be overlapping each other. That's my, my only my, problem. I maybe overthink issue, it, but that's yeah. just the tactician in me. The, that the I'm looking at the squad is, and I'm thinking. For me, the issue is one of. Foden, Mount, Grealish and Sancho wouldn't play, at least one of them, when I would love it if I could get all four on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I just think that three attacking midfielders having the, the freedom to go where they please in behind Kane, uh, because we know how good Kane is about dropping into space and we know that yeah. all three of them are full well, they're going to make runs into the box and score goals. You can almost but play so like a false nine. Kane dropping deep complements that that attacking three for me. Mm. I don't think wingers, we've tried the wingers so often, I, I just don't think Sterling cuts it 
at the moment. Like he's not scored a on single form, goal at a major though. tournament. Oh yeah, on form, he's someone I would be bringing off the bench maybe as an impact. Yeah, I mean, I want Sterling to do well because he had Probably. such a, a good couple of years at Man City, and and I would have had him starting. But he just doesn't. He's, he's similar to Rooney in the sense of when he gets to major tournaments, it doesn't happen, and it's frustrating because he's mm. obviously one of our better players, but. To me, yeah. it just makes sense to have them three as an attacking three yeah. um, behind Ken. I can't obviously. disagree. I mean, I can't disagree. It's just that I really do like Sancho. And I'm like, mm, I'll, I'll give my... I'll give my Sancho would be I'll, better. I'll give my 11 now anyway. Yeah, in my, in my system, you could bring Sancho on to change it up. Hmm. Well, because you, if, 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 if obviously, you know, you, you want Foden to be a bit more central and a bit, bit, bit more of an effort or... You know, um, maybe drop Mount a little bit deeper and then take Phillips or Rice off and put Sancho on and have all four of them on the pitch. You, you know, but I mean, you've got room to switch it up. Oh, yeah. Um, great. So I'll just, I'll just give my 11 now. So in goal, I'm like you. I don't really want to pick Pickford, but I kind of have to. Um, for me personally, I would have always said Nick Pope and then he had to get injured before the tournament. Um, I would have had Nick Pope as my keeper personally, but unfortunately, he's not there at all. Um, left back, I think again it's a toss up. Um, I'll probably go with, with you. I'd probably go with Shaw. Um, centre back for the opening game in particular, definitely White and Stones. Um, right back, again it's a toss up because you said Walker and when they said Trippier, just so I can give him, just so his name gets mentioned because he has had a fantastic season at Atletico Madrid. Yes, yes. Um, and it was really annoying me when people were doing the other, like Alexander Arnold debate, and they were all a lot of people were slagging Trippier off at the same yeah. time. And it's like, no, just because he's not Alexander Arnold doesn't mean he's not good. He's been super. Do you know what? It, England's right back situation is mad because if you think how many, you know, Wambasaka could be quite disappointed yeah. that he didn't go because I think he's one of our better, best defensive right backs we've got. Yeah. Um, For me, Wambasaka should have been in probably the preliminary squad at least. You know, and maybe Kyle Walker, to- Trent, Reese, James. Kieran Trippier, Aaron Wambisaka. Why can't some of them be left-footed? <laughs> yeah, uh, Louis Coyle. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, right back, I'd probably... I'm going to say Trippier. Um, similar to you, I'd be 4 2 three, one. My defensive yeah. two, though, would be... I don't know if you... Well, you would agree, I don't think, but it would be Rice and Bellingham. I can see that, but I just don't... I feel with Bellingham, with him being so young, is is it's... I get the youth thing, but he's he's he, he's good. He is good. <laughs> he is good. I just think that he'd be better as a as as to bring on when 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 we've stretched the defense for for quite a bit of the game. Bellingham, someone who likes to go forward. Um, the only reason I wouldn't put him in a CDM position is because I think that he's wasted there because his his talents are you know he's he's, he's a goal scoring midfielder as well. Um, I just think that. Playing him alongside a defensive midfielder, um, you'd 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 lose the best parts of Bellingham for me. Yeah, That's but why I at the same time, him. you can't really play him as an attacking midfielder with the players we've got. But you can bring him on for them. I don't know. I'd probably bring on one of the attacking midfielders for an attacking midfielder. I think <laughs> yeah, he is I an attacking midfielder. That's what I'm saying. He's he's he, I think he's he's more of a he is quite a box box to box player for Dortmund. He can play in that defensive role, and he has done for Dortmund. Yeah, um, but we look very vulnerable on the counter. So if you allow a box-to-box midfielder to overload in the attack, and then if we don't score, you know, 
We've got we've got wing backs that have, have you've literally got rice in the two centre backs against their attack. So I'm picking Bellingham. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm just sorry, saying Gareth. I'm picking <laughs> Bellingham, and um, and this is where it gets tricky because I just said I would have Sancho in my team, so that means I'm not picking one of one of that three. Uh, mm. And I don't know which one because now I've said that I fucking put myself in the corner. Um, <laughs> Foden's guarantee, to be honest. Of those three, the guarantee's Foden out on the left. At the start, I'd do the same as you had Adam Rome, but at the start, I'd have Foden out on the left. Um, obviously, I'd have Sancho on the right. Yeah, because there's arguments to and for either of them. To me, Grealish has to stay. He's been phenomenal. That's what I mean. I, I, I put Mount's been so good as well. It's like, I don't know. Um, and also, Grealish, his winning of set pieces is going to be crucial because we're very good at it. It'll probably be Grealish that I'm going to pick. But but Mount's been so good. That's it. But so Sancho, <laughs> this is the thing. I watch a lot of Bundesliga. Sancho's been superb. <sighs> I just don't think he fits our system. Fair it's enough. like Dan Crowley. Fair enough. So... I'd have, and I'm really sorry here, Mason Mount, but I'd have Grealish, Foden, and Sancho with, obviously, Harry Kane up front. Yeah, I think Grealish is pivotal, not only for the two performances, the two games that we've just played, he was probably oh, yeah. the only player who consistently we played him, well. We need him to throw him centre the ground as often as possible. Yeah, and his winning of set pieces, yeah. I mean, the look at the World Cup, how good we were at set pieces, how good we are at set pieces. Um, well, the has, fact that, that he could win the... us... That adds to the James Ward-Prowse suggestion. Yeah, because the fact that Grealish could win us probably about five to ten fouls every game probably guarantees us at least a goal a game. So, you know, even if it's not just his on-field, what he brings, but I just think he's so technically gifted and has to start. He just has to. Yeah, for me, Grealish. Grealish and Ferdinand. Mount deserves a start. To be fair, I've said all that. Mount does deserve to start as much as because he has a fantastic season at Chelsea. I do feel a bit sorry for Mount because he got a lot of stick because he wasn't Grealish. Yeah. Um, Mount has had, just... Mount does get a lot of a, a lot of stick a lot of the time, especially when but, Lampard was Chelsea manager and they were saying yeah, obviously he was under Lampard. Lampard yeah. yeah. But he's, was, yeah. he's a class player. Once Tuchel came in at Chelsea and kept playing him. People sort of went a bit quiet because it was like, well, obviously he isn't being played because he was one of Lampard's lads. He's obviously being played yeah. because he's good. And he was one of Chelsea's best players, so I can't understand why why that was even an issue. Well, it was it. He got the was, did he get the assist for Havertz in the Champions League final? Yeah, and what a pass it was. Yeah, I just that that alone, that that one point there just so. That's also why I'd have him and him above the team. Uh, have him in the team above Sancho. I don't think Sancho has that ability. Like he's he's such. Sancho's more of a goal threat, but Mount would create more. Well, and with Kane in your side, that's what you want. Put it this way: I'd be happy with either of them. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. It. It's probably the best way to put it. Now I've backed myself into that corner. Um, <laughs> Um, and I've put and like players like Sterling and Rashford are a bit good as impact subs because they're yeah. not the best. I'd use Rashford as a striker personally. I would use him as a striker on the left, definitely. Um, 
I mean, I wouldn't mind, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Bakayo Saka getting a run out at some point because I think he's a good player as well. He yeah, probably won't, probably won't, to be fair, but I wouldn't mind it. Same with like Reese James. I think Reese James, even though he's one of the right backs, is in that conversation. I think he's a good defender, but he's not probably not going to get a minute, I'm going to to be honest, unless something happens. If we played five at the back, he might do, because I think he's, he'd, he'd use Kyle Walker as a centre-back. Yeah, he, I imagine Walker be, he might do Walker as a centre-back. I think his um, first choice, three centre-backs, if he played three at the back, would be Maguire, Stones and Walker, personally. Mm, probably. It could have gone wide again there, but Anderson's come the other way. Redknapp once more. Now McManaman. Bit of variety here by England. Gascoigne in the penalty area. This is Neville. Oh, and there's Alex Shearer. Right then, uh, welcome back. So, we'll do a few predictions. So, firstly, who's going to win it, Ant? <laughs> it's, it's coming home, mate. Why would you even ask that? Okay, then, what's your heart saying and what's your head saying? Well, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> um, I think I think England can win it. That's Obviously, the best, That's the correct word, can. Yeah. Um, but I think France will win it, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I just think, that, like, like we said earlier, their, their squad is just absurd. It really is. Like, mm. they've just got such a embarrassment of riches in, in all over the pitch. Um, personally, I think they've got the best. Uh, Mbappe is one of the best players in the world. Kante is one of the best in the world at what he does. You know, you just, they're just an absurd side. They really are. And you can't not say that they are the favourites because I just... Mm. You can't see a weakness in their side. Yeah. The only, the only, the only enemy that they have is, is complacency. Themselves. Personally, I, yeah. So... Um, for me, as it obviously how always will say England, why wouldn't it? It's coming home. <laughs> World in motion, Vindaloo. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna. I think. I think it's Italy. I'm gonna <laughs> board that. I'm gonna board that ridiculously stupid hype train and say Italy. Above Belgium, France, England, Portugal. Yeah. That's a big call. I, I think call. just because of the form they've been on in the past couple of years, they they are Phoenix rising from the ashes of the absolute shitstorm that was 2018. They're just the way that they're playing at the moment, the form they're in, the the way that the momentum they've got. I think they can easily beat every single team in this tournament. Mm. I think you could say that about many of them. Though. That's and true. I think that um, but the I'm, only I'm, thing that Italy have is that, form that, in. Yeah, I just find that form going into tournaments is, you know, a tournament mindset is completely different to what's carried them into it. Um, I, I mean, mean we've think, played crap these past two friendlies, but I expect us to play very well in the group stages. The last time they lost, looking at this, the last time Italy lost was September 2018. Yeah. Um, and since then, they've played. They've played twenty-seven games and won twenty-five of them. Any games of note, though? Any um, notable scout? There might not be, but you can only be what's put in front of you. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think Southgate has like a seventy-something percent win. Uh, is, is, rate is, to be fair, England's form is very good since 
in, well, in relative terms, it's that we're on the best winning run that we've been on under Southgate. The beating team, to be fair, a lot of it's obviously from qualifying groups. Um, beating team, the beating teams like the Netherlands and Poland, um, and the, the, the smash the Czech Republic five 0 the other day. They've played quite a few of the teams who were in the tournament and they've beaten them. Their, their last loss was in the Nations League in 2018 to the eventual winners of it, Portugal. I think Kelly are a good side. I just think the way the way I try and see who's going to win a tournament is put that team against some of the better teams and say, would they beat them? They can beat. It's similar to us. Like We could win it. Um, but personally, if I was putting Italy against uh, France, for example, France, I think, would win. If you put Italy against uh, Portugal, I think Portugal would win. If you put Italy against um, Belgium, I think Belgium would win. That's the only reason I think yeah. that's a bit of an outlandish call because I just don't I don't fancy them as much. I think I think they have that's the potential enough. to be a surprise of the tournament. Absolutely, that's fair enough. Um, just, uh, there's some about that squad, the way he's playing, what I've seen from him, that they can very easily go all the way. And for me, I think they will. The these are France. You can't really look past France for the most part because, as we say, they haven't got any weaknesses. They're the only team that them and Portugal might be the only teams there that don't have any obvious weaknesses, apart from maybe the but the fact that they're both in the same group is a massive bonus for every other team in the tournament. Yes. So following on, they don't, they that, don't have they don't have Gaza hairstyle Phil Foden though, do they? That's very true. That is very <laughs> true. So following on from that, in the sim, um, who's going to be top scorer? You've got to look at the likes of Mbappe, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kane. Um, Lukaku. Lukaku, yeah. Um, I'm going to go back onto the Italians again, Immobile. I'm going to have to say Mbappe on the premise that I obviously assume that France would win the tournament. So obviously he's got more games, just got goals. But um, I quite I fancy Cristiano Ronaldo. Lewandowski's there as well. Lewandowski, yeah. I mean, that's more to do with how good his nation does, though. Um, oh, yeah, but he's, he's see, the thing like, is, is, like... If Poland are going to score, who's going to score? Yeah, it's true. Like with Tur- it's like Turkey. Beric Yilmaz might not be a bad shout if Turkey do well, because if Turkey are going to score, it'll likely be Yilmaz. Hmm. I fancy Ronaldo, you know, with it being his last... Possibly yeah. last year. I mean, the guy's a machine. He's probably playing when he's 50, but... Um, like, like I said before, they... And he's, I don't know how close he's to, he's, he's close to Plat- Platini has the record for the most goals and he's not far off. And then Kane, because you've got things set pieces as well. Obviously Kane takes our pens, probably will score the majority of our goals. So Kane would be a good contender as well. Um, oh, that's a tough one, you know. I'm going to stick with Mbappe just because I think, the, I think personally at the moment he's the best striker in the world. That's fair enough. Mm, on par with Haaland, but obviously Haaland's not, not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's a few good team. There's a few good players who are at the tournament, like Haaland and let's say Abraham was mentioned before. Right, so Ronaldo is tied at the moment with Platini as the top, joint top scorer in the tournament's history. So he has a chance, obviously, to break. He just yeah, gets so and he breaks that duck. Um, to be honest, I'm looking at the list. Griezmann's only a couple behind Ronaldo himself as well. I mean, I don't think Griezmann will be top scorer, but. He's not far off of that record himself. Um, for me, top scorer, I think it'll be Lukaku. I think coming off the back of a 
fantastic season at Inter. Um, he's in he's in the perfect form that he's of his life. Um, if Belgium have a good time, he will get plenty. I think yeah. at the, that's the thing when you look at the group stages. I mean, Ronaldo's fair, but because of the group they're in, he may struggle maybe a little bit more because he's against Germany and France. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm quite glad you said that. But the thing is, like, obviously they've got Hungary, which unfortunately for that's them, true. I think will be a, a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a. Um, Lining well, up to score to be fair, some of the better players. Last last time, um, the last year as Hungary and Portugal did play when Portugal won it, and it was a free all draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think Portugal are vastly the Arab vastly improved. Um, yeah, I think Lukaku because he's in the group with the group with fin- Finland, Denmark, and Russia. He's got a good chance to get a couple of chances there. You mentioned Depay earlier for the Netherlands. If they're on one, they might, they might have a good time in a group with Austria and North Macedonia. Yeah. Um, Kane, obviously, so Kane's a good shout. Um, as Actually, always, Scotland, three, it's it would be nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, Ferran Torres would be a bad shout for Spain. Mm, the striker. He's the main striker at the moment. He's got six. I'd be very you know, surprised. He's got a few for him, but because of the group they're in, I'm purely basing this on. Um, if they, if Spain do have a good time, for me personally, I would go with Lukaku. Yeah, Lukaku. Yeah, I mean you can't argue with that really. Lukaku's had a good season. I can see Belgium creating a lot of chances. You, you're always going to create chances when you've got De Bruyne in the team, especially. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Lukaku. The, you could literally pick Kane. You could pick any of them. Um. So, okay then, who do you think will be? As a t- I won't do it as a player, but as a t- what team do you think will surprise people the most? Macedonia. I agree. Macedonia, straight away, easy one. Um, yeah, because I think they are better than a lot of people. I just think if teams will go into that game just thinking, oh, we'll absolutely um, blaze these. And then um, before they know it, you know, like, oh, crap, this team actually mean business. And um, I think a uh, shout out for Turkey as well, personally. I think. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the biggest disappointment? Germany. It's not a bad shout. Um, I'm not sure I've said that. I'm just going to load up the group stages again. Or Netherlands, maybe. See, I'm thinking Netherlands, but I'm just going to look. See, for me, I think the biggest disappointment might... For me, the biggest disappointment would either be the Netherlands just because they can just implode at a heartbeat. Depends if they do. If not... I think I know I keep slugging them off, and I don't mean to, but I don't think Spain are going to have a great time for some reason. No, yeah, I can see that. I don't know why. I just I just have this feeling it's probably complete bullshit, and they'll probably win it. Now I've said that, but they're just not the team they were. No. Even though they're still good, they're just not the same team anymore. And I know Luis Enrique has done an all right time there. I mean, they beat fucking Germany six 0 not long ago. I shouldn't really be, but it's just something. I think they're a team that might be, to be honest, Italy probably fall into the same category. I know they're a team that might be at the World Cup next year, might be in a better position. Yeah. Okay, then. So, obviously, tonight's the opening game, Turkey versus Italy. Might as well do a quick score prediction. What are you thinking? 2 1 early. I think, yeah. um, I think Turkey will take the lead and then Italy will blaze them away in the second half and win 2-1 I'm going to go with a 3-1 Italy 
Um, again, I also think Turkey will take the lead. Um, obviously, we'll probably both be wrong within a couple of hours' time, but... Ilya <laughs> <laughs> um, win 6-0. Yeah. Um, but following on from that, OK, then, so... Obviously, on Sunday, England playing Croatia opening the tournament. What do you think? I really, really, really want us to avenge that semi-final that, that's still... Do you um, think we kind of did with the Nations League? Yeah, but it's the nation, they're just glorified friendlies. That's not revenge. I want... It's sort of revenge. But I don't know, I know what you mean. 3-0 England. Foden was... and Kane twice. I will take a 1-0 right now. Um, in fact, that's what I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict 1-0. Boring. Yeah. 1-0 uh, Mount to score. You haven't score. even got Mount. You haven't even got Mount playing. You can't yeah, say that. Come off, come off the bench and score. You've got Sancho in above it. Yeah, I think he'll come off the bench and score. <laughs> um, All right, you know, I'll 1-0 doesn't mean it's a boring game. just means it's a boring scoreline. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think probably as much we can talk about for now. Um, yeah. But looking forward to these Euros massively. Um, I assume you are as well. Obviously, I had my It's Coming Home playlist on at work today. And the good thing about that is that people at my work aren't really football fans and they don't like it. So they, they were really annoyed by it, but I was having a laugh. <laughs> I don't I'm looking forward to the um, to the word for word John Barnes World in Motion rap by Will on the next episode. I hope you're all looking forward to that too. Will's looking forward to it as well. <laughs> you said it now. That's it. Confirmed. Lock it in. I'll happily do that rap. <laughs> that that could be our Euro episode intro. Not a chance, but whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Hope you're all looking forward to the Euros as we are. Come on, England. Yes. Three lions on the shirt. Three we all know. Lions on the shirt. We all say it's coming home as a joke, but we mean it this time because we know it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, no. We're putting ourselves into too much of a corner. <laughs> We're not, Will. The whole country's doing the same thing. Get, get on the hype train. I'll get on the hype train on Sunday afternoon when I'm at the pub. Well, I'll be legless and paralytic by the time you get on the train, so enjoy. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening, as always, guys. Obviously, we'll be back next week with a roundup up to that point of the Euros. So, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys.
Can I introduce you please to a lump of cheddar cheese? Knit one power, drop one cow. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.